From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast. Powered by our proud partners, National Scouting Report. You can also find them at NSR. Find them on Twitter at NSR Now, as well as on Instagram at NSR underscore NOW. That's again, NSR underscore Now. They are the world's leading authority on all athletic recruiting. You can also find them on their website at NSR Inc.com. My next guest feels like he's an individual that I've known for about 10 years, yet we've never met in person, right? I'm proud to have him finally on the podcast, episode 103. He is the Director of Strategic Growth at United Soccer Coaches. He is Brandon Milburn. Brandon, how are you, buddy? Doing great, Hector. Yeah, thank you for uh, for having me on. I'm so glad to finally get on here and, and chat some soccer with you. Uh, I've been listening to some of your shows, and I, I think it's great what you're doing. The intro screen everything is looking amazing holy smokes man your, your whole production is outstanding and you're just back here just running the whole thing so kudos to you man <laughs> appreciate it thank you hey man i love the mic and the sound too you got the uh you got the the podcast voice yourself man i think you might be could you be giving uh our good friend dean uh linky uh a run for his money in the future I don't hey know. <laughs> no 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 way maybe uh maybe dean will let me come on the show a bit more uh yeah. but you can't replace the great dane linky and, oh i know uh, he's uh he's getting primed up and ready for uh obviously media row but he does such a great job at all of our oh, yeah. award ceremonies and making those so special for uh the you know award winners and all americans right, and coaches right. and he just he loves it you can you can feel it when he's talking so uh he's amazing though love him no doubt yeah i definitely just just had to mention his uh the great dean linky's name right Absolutely. whenever we have you on so yeah so no doubt <laughs> awesome so hey so thanks for being here brandon really appreciate it and uh <clears throat> a big fan of Obviously, United Soccer Coaches here as a member as well myself, but also a big fan of what you're doing specifically, right? Kind of, I call you the man mm -hmm. on the mission, right? So um, <laughs> tell us a little bit before we kind of dive into particulars. Tell us just, uh, you know, Happy New Year. How are things going? Yeah, yeah. This time of year is always interesting because, you know, things kind of slow down a little bit with everybody with getting, you know, the holiday season, the new year, and, you know, everyone's kind of closing down business. But, you know, starting... October 1st and then it heats up November and then it's like the busiest and craziest time of the year for us um, going you know right through this time of the year through the end of December and then January so we're just kind of catching up with people making getting people thinking about you know what's going on uh, next week they're waking up finally you know all the questions are coming in now right. but uh, it, you can feel it you know um, so it's it's been you know trying to just make sure I can spend time with family and friends and balance all of that and make sure we're we're doing all of that but uh you know, also making sure that you know we're going to put on a great show um anaheim so it's it's been it's been interesting <laughs> right so most people obviously most people affiliated with our game they on some level have maybe have heard of united soccer coaches maybe aren't necessarily members 
or maybe or they've heard of but don't know exactly what it is and then you got some people that just landed on planet earth and you know they've never heard of united soccer coaches right so tell us tell us a little bit more about just united soccer coaches and its initiatives yeah absolutely uh Association's been around forever. It was a, a, initially the uh, National Soccer Coaches of Association of America, so NSCAA, um, rebranded in 2016 to United Soccer Coaches. Um, and really the the mission of you know the organization is to provide resources for coaches, to provide opportunities for coaches. Um, we have a, a you know large um, menu of different education diplomas that coaches can go to and where they're, wherever they're at in their career, they can come to us and you know work with us to get to that next step or to improve at the level that they're at. Um, so mm-hmm. When I look at the association, everything that we're trying to do, um, it's to really serve every level of every every part of the game. Um, I know that you know there's a lot of the federation does a great job um, with a lot of their education, and um, you know a lot of organizations around the you know the world do a, a really interesting job at covering education. And our specific way of going about it is providing that huge immense you know network of coaches that can support the youth coach the high school coach the college coach the you know the professional coach um and i think that you know it's it's the convention is just kind of it it encapsulates everything that you know the member benefits that we do have it's just that in-person experience that you can't replicate you know any anywhere else so yeah yeah no doubt i i know for me, you know, a little bit of trivia, NSCA trivia, I guess, right? Personal trivia. I yep. I actually happened to go through the final NSCA uh, premier uh, diploma course, which was oh, in wow. Elmhurst, Illinois, back uh, right before the rebranding. So yep. uh, still have the NSCA gear. Obviously, obviously, I did other courses as well, but um, and since then as well, since under United Soccer Coaches. But uh, but yeah, that one was a pretty cool one, and uh, still have the polo, still fits as well. So. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's good. <laughs> right. So now your role, right? Your role as so director of strategic growth. That sounds like a like a mouthful, but give us a little um, give us a little yeah. visual of what does that look like in terms of day to day. What does that look like in regards to the convention? Yeah. You know, it took me about two years, I think. I still stumble when I tell my title to people, so I don't even try to say it. But um, really, my job is to work with every single department in our, our association from membership to events, uh, you know, to awards, rankings. You know, I oversee the websites with our team, uh, design, um, you know, really the whole marketing team. Uh, and then I work with our partnerships manager as well. Um, to really maximize, you know, new ways that we can leverage partners, new experiences, um, a lot of um, experiential marketing, um, and really my background is in digital marketing. So um, mm. something that the association, you know, has done a good job at, and they built a great social audience. Um, but my background is in uh, social media. I started out at Challenger Sports, the largest soccer camp company in the country, and I helped them kind of build their digital presence. Before that, uh, I was working with a professional soccer player out of Kansas City um, named Will John. He went to Rockers High School, uh, St. Louis University, and then he played for the Chicago Fire, um, the Kansas City Wizards, you know, before they were sporting KC. Nice. Yeah. And then he was overseas playing, um, you know, for 10 years, and I was kind of helping him build a social audience. So I actually did my internship at Baker University where I played. Um, I went to school and I did my internship basically just running his YouTube presence and Instagram presence. And that was about eight years ago. So it was kind of right at the very beginning of when all this really started to become mainstream, um, Mm -hmm. gained those skills, got involved with, you know, like I said, Challenger Sports and then the opportunity to work with Jeff um, Van Dusen at United Soccer Coaches, you know, came up and I just, I couldn't, you know, pass up on it. And um, so it's, it's traditional marketing. It's, 
running the soccer journal with uh, Dr. Jay Martin and our, and our editorial committee. Um, it's running the day-to-day social. It's making all the video promotions. Um, it's a all-encompassing position, but it's you can't you can't beat it if you love the game of soccer. So it's a uh, it's a ton of fun to work with with the whole team. And I'm I'm really glad that uh, Jeff obviously took over as CEO, and he's brought in a lot of really good people that are you know putting a ton of great work to make not only you know build upon the convention success and everything we've done well as an association, but to bring in people that are looking to bring in fresh ideas that are going to really excite people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And a shout out there to Jonathan Ward of uh, United Women's Soccer, UWS. Jonathan, thanks for joining us, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, that, wow. That's that's pretty interesting. That's pretty uh, how you kind of took that meteoric rise is pretty, pretty awesome. So now tell us, give us a little bit more insight. Now your time, how long exactly have you been there at the association? Yeah, I'm just passing uh, two years. So um, this will be my third convention. I came in uh, November of 2021. So Kansas City was my first working convention. I'd been to a convention before. My sister was an All-American um, at the Indianapolis convention. I think it was 2008. Um, kind of fell in love with the event there, to be honest. I fell in love with the game there. Um, had a lot of coaches tell me some things that stuck with me for my whole playing career. Um, I specifically remember, you know, Jeff Van Dusen was, uh, he was not the CEO. He wasn't even the director of events yet, but he was still a volunteer working at the convention he gave me two mls balls and he said hey the next time i see you at this convention i want to see you on stage and uh you know when you're like a 10 year old 11 year old kid and you hear something like this you know it's that's what you think about when you're trying to get that last sprint out that you know that when you're trying to you know push things through it's like hey i gotta right. be up on that stage so i think that that's that's another thing about the convention when people get there it's not just about the exhibit hall it's not just about the field sessions it's you know you get to be around some of the most talented and successful people in the game and just mm -hmm. getting getting that energy from them is is something i i love about the convention awesome so you would have been so your first convention would have been the first post pandemic convention back from <laughs> after the virtual right yep yep yeah. i was doing virtual camps with uh challenger sports for the very first time in their company's history and um had a lot of learned a lot had some success doing that obviously it was hard to be successful in anything during the pandemic um financially but we were able to kind of maneuver there but those a lot of those skills from the virtual side kind of transitioned into conversations that i then had with jeff because they did a big virtual convention that that year obviously so that really the pandemic opened up a lot of opportunities for for people i think like me to have digital skill sets and mm -hmm. social focus and things like that so it's it's been an interesting role. It's been kind of defining it as you go and trying to find just areas you can fix things. And um, as long as I know that at the end of the day that these problems, even if they're very you know, difficult to deal with on a day-to-day basis, if it's going to help the game, it's going to help coaches, help players, that's, that's what it's all about. And that's, what, that's why you do this. So, Right, right. Biggest growth. So, so you mentioned you've been there for two years now. In your time there, where have you seen, the, in your personal opinion, maybe the most distinctive growth there at United Soccer Coaches. Yeah, uh, a huge, huge emphasis on reigniting our education department. Uh, we want to bring in the best instructors. Again, we want to get uh, the you know new exciting titles that are relevant to especially young coaches that are you know out here looking to gain new skills that are relevant in the market. Um, bringing in Ron Her Herringer and uh, Dave Simeone, who's who's come in and, and helped us really focus on okay how can we find the most quality coaches possible the most quality curriculums and you know let's work with our members and figure out you know what are those top needs that they have 
um, that's been the biggest thing that I've seen is, is really trying to get back to the core of what our association was built on. And that's educating coaches and helping coaches improve the players' lives. Um, so it's, that's been a huge one. The online resource um, learning center that we've built, the online, um, the training ground, it is one of the most difficult projects that I've ever dealt with um, from a learning management system and getting that launched and taking everything historically from the association and then building new stuff into this platform. We've had a ton of success with it. We've had some, you know, some, some bad feedback on some experiences and it's, it's, that's been a huge, huge endeavor for the association and the size of staff that we have to turn around something that's, you know, a world-class online learning platform. And I'm really happy with where it's at now. Um, it's, it's really opened up opportunities with coach credentialing program, um, with the NCAA and uh, the Knights Commission of Intercollegiate Athletics, and you know, having a platform like that, even though we've gone through some growing pains to make it um, a great user experience for every single member, um, that's been a huge undertaking just to make sure that not only can we coach people at the convention and at our diplomas, but what uh, accessible, affordable, you know, and quality education can be provided on a you know on-demand basis and right. continue to put new and new and new stuff so um a huge focus on new content resources education and then you know i don't want to give away too much for the for the convention the new activations we have coming but uh, right. members are going to see things in our booth in the exhibit hall we're going to have collaborations with different artists and you know all different kinds of really cool cultural elements that we're trying to bring into the convention that that's been there, but we want to really emphasize it and leverage the city and the culture and, you know, everything, people, like everything that really makes soccer, what it is. It's not just the ball. It's not just the field. It's not just the code. It's everything. That's why people fall in love with the game. It's a, it's a cultural experience. Right. Right. So, so to a certain extent, I guess you could say some, some re reigniting some new initiatives, right? Some 2.0, if you will. Right. So. Yeah, 2.0 and, and, you know, and looking at just how can we take what we've done well and prove it. But then, um, you know, I think there's just a huge need in the market for quality online learning. And uh, that's we've made massive investments, um, not just in money, but in, in staff resource. And that'll be something that, you know, as well, we'll talk about if people want to come by the booth. Um, you know, our association booth and talk about and see the new resources. Um, we're going to be unveiling the compensation survey that will be housed in the training ground. And that's going to be obviously great information for coaches to leverage and, and look at as they're trying to kind of negotiate their contracts and, you know, determine what the landscape of the game is. So um, that along with a ton of other resources are going to be there. So um, feel free to obviously drop by or, you know, ask questions about that. Awesome. Great stuff. And a shout out as well to uh, fellow 5050 pod alum there, Dave Simeon. So, uh, oh, yeah. Great to, uh, how's he doing, by the way? Mr. Dave. Mr. Dave. I, he came into my office and he looked like he was uh, a little tired, but then all of a sudden he got a burst of energy and he was yelling at me all of a sudden. And, you know, he he's just, you think one second he's got no energy and then he's just boom, he's right back. And then he's up and down the hallways asking questions. He is excited for next week. You can, you can, yeah. you can tell. <laughs> yeah, he keeps you on your toes. You, you got to be scanning at all times with him. Got to be scanning. At oh all yeah, time. check your shoulder. He is <laughs> Dave. Semion's that guy at practice. He'll come through and he'll just clean you, and it'll be like the the day before the game. But you just know that he's going in and he's going hard all the time. So you have yeah. to respect it and just get up and keep going. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I love it. So tell us now a little bit. Um, obviously, some listeners who have been many listeners who have probably never been, but <clears throat> the yep. convention, the convention experience, right? Give us kind of paint us a picture a little bit of 
what that looks like in terms of, and obviously it changes from year to year, location to location. This year it's 2024 is in Anaheim. Uh, but tell us a little bit, just the experience, like what should listeners that are maybe going for the first time, what should they expect? And those who haven't been, you know, why do they need to go to this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, you know, I know we kind of talked about some of the things I was excited about and I'll, I'll, I'll go into those, you know, but it, it's, you walk into this thing and you start checking in, you start getting an idea of how many people are there and um, the amount, like the scope of players and coaches and businesses and um, just all these different roles that are within the game. We'll have a bunch of referees. The event started out as a coaches meeting in a, in a hotel room or in a hotel, a hotel ballroom. And gotcha. they all gather around have coaches lined up, you know, the chairs lined up around the room and it, it, it evolved just, through the decades into this massive, you know, thousands of people gathering into this convention center. Um, but the key thing that differentiates our experience, you know, our, our convention versus other education events I've seen is the, the building of the two full field stadium fields um, as well as the futsal fields where we have, you know, top educators from across the country and across the world coming. Um, we have, you know, Javier Zanetti from Inter Milan coming, Laura Harvey, Jermaine Jones. Um, you know, we have, Clara Thompson, Rom Herringer is going to be presenting, uh, Randy Waldrum, Margarita Coza. There's tons and tons of coaches from the college pro, uh, the most respected high school coaches. Um, so you can go to those field sessions, you can see, and there's big bleachers, and it's just a bunch of coaches sitting around um, with demo field um, players, and they're going through all different kinds of new stuff, ideas, techniques, tactical sessions that coaches can just learn from and absorb. And that's offered. It's over 200 and 50 different classroom sessions and field sessions over a five day period that you just kind of get to go and just pick all a card off a menu about what you want to go do and yeah. what you want to see and who you want to network with. Um, there's classroom sessions that, you know, are more of a, you know, it doesn't have the field element, but um, there's a lot of different presentations and some of the most intelligent people um, you'll, you'll meet in your life and experiences you'll never forget. Um, will be in those classroom sessions. And then in, in, in the, in the evenings, you, Get to go to these socials and you get to go and go out to the restaurants and bars and run into other people that you didn't see in the convention center but then you get to see them the next day because you met them that night and mm -hmm. um you know i've met so many friends uh that i that i stay in touch with across the country at these conventions so you know that's the soccer side of things and that's super amazing and fun but then you go to the exhibit hall and it's like being i don't know how would you describe it it's like disneyland because you get all these free giveaways and it's like everything's it's magical like and you got three overload is how i describe it right? <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> in a good way uh, but yeah soccer yeah disney, soccer disney world yeah i guess that's what yeah which hey we're going to anaheim so um yeah. we're trying to kind of to match that we're trying to bring that hollywood you know kind of show to it we're gonna have some cool stuff like that but if you've never been um you know there's there's ways to get into the convention for a little bit less than you know the full five day price if you're looking to kind of just drop in for a day come in and get the one day pass um you can walk up and, and get it and you can just kind of check it out for the day but you get in the exhibit hall for the full day you get to see all the sessions on the field you get to see the classroom sessions um and you know i i think just from a networking perspective and if you're looking to kind of just gain new skills and ideas like this is the place where uh, coaches need to be at yeah awesome so take us through so we look at um and obviously this is kind of branching out beyond maybe your role but um yeah when we look at the planning we look at the logistics right when 
I'm imagining it's like it probably starts the day after um, this one ends right next year's, but the planning, but then the logistics, particularly, you know, take us through maybe like, what does the next week look like in preparation when you depart the size of the team, the, you know, the, how, what does the travel look like in regards to the preparation as you guys get ready? Yeah. 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 So we just started, we just finished packing our semis today. Uh, so basically we pack up a bunch of supplies in our office, um, all the TV monitors, all the computers, everything that we need to, you know, continue working gets, gets packed up, put on a semi hundreds and hundreds of crates of, uh, gear essentially. And then we obviously have all of that, um, put on those two semis and sent all the way to the, um, West coast, which will arrive, you know, in five, four or five days. Um, you know, we, we get there, uh, as part of our team gets there on Monday. Um, my team gets there on Tuesday. Um, and it's immediately we're, you know, meeting up with our, our show production team, uh, HMX live, and we coordinate with them to help get the exhibit hall rolling. Um, it is absolutely crazy to see that thing go up in less than 24 hours. Cause they start building and then all of a sudden it's time to open up the exhibit hall on Thursday and they start on, it's just the amount of things that go into that is just mm -hmm. nuts. But we have, a you know, about a team of 20 full-time staff that, you know, we're putting this thing on, but we, we work with a number of our, you know, members to help us run the event as well as a ton of volunteers that put in a ton of work to help us put it on as we are a nonprofit um, organization. So um, the travel we're going to be, you know, obviously we're out of Kansas city. So um, we'll be leaving early, early on Tuesday, getting in there. And then it's immediately, you know, getting, you know, all the different media production elements set up, getting the camera crew, the video crew, um, you know, making sure that everyone has their, just knows what they need to do and where they need to be at. Um, <laughs> and then everyone has their areas. It's just, um, everyone has their part. Everyone needs to do their thing. And it's very, 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 very well organized by Jeff and Angie and Erica and everybody else in the events team, um, just to make sure the thing runs smoothly. Cause there's just so many different things that happen at the same time. Um, right. and it's, it's about kind of finding those solutions quickly if, if something kind of goes haywire, but we're pretty good at it. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> tell us a little bit. So I guess now I know when I had the, the, uh, had Sean and Nick on from soccer chat on, uh, I was listening. Yeah. 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 We were, so this is the first year of media row, right? We're shifting from podcast row to now media row. This is the first year, right? Yeah, this is the first year. Um, yeah, I, I decided to to rebrand it just because I wanted to be able to open it up to you know some of the you know non traditional podcast platforms, maybe people that are doing stuff on you know TikTok, doing things on Snapchat, Instagram Live, um, YouTubers. Um, I thought podcasts, you know, we'll always have podcasts on pod, you know, on Media Row, but I'm just trying to kind of in, you know encapsulate the full realm of media. Um, mm -hmm. and I thought that, you know, by doing that, it did open us up to, you know, bringing in some, some newer, younger, um, people that, you know, aren't going to be able to connect with, you know, other young coaches. And that's, that's a huge focus of mine is, you know, how can we encourage people to stay playing, but how can we encourage people to stay coaching? How can we get people to fall in love with the game that are at a young age? And, um, you know, I, I think that with being able to expand out our media efforts, um, grow our podcast efforts, but then continue to work with new influencers, new creators, and people that are thinking outside the box is only going to help us reach new people and the coaches that we want to bring into our membership. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about it, you know, 
they often one of the phrases is influencers, but you know, there's traditional media, your big media, but then as I like call it kind of such as your podcasters, right? Your independent media, right? I think yeah, that's exactly. very, yeah, very important to, to give, to allow that, give that platform, that opportunity to have a voice as well. So that's one thing that I love about what you guys do started with the podcast row. And now, so give us a little bit of insight now on the media row front, what is, what's on the books? How many, how many different, you know, whether it be podcast, how many different people do you have coming? And is that with the shift from podcast row to media row, is that a significantly larger space now from what was podcast row? Yeah, the Anaheim Convention Center is interesting because there's not a ton of hallways and stuff. So we actually have had to reimagine the event a little bit. And it's the media row is actually going to be placed inside the exhibit hall. Um, and it's going to be it, there's going to be a ton of energy around it, obviously. So I'm a little bit hesitant on that end because I'm like, OK, is it going to be too loud? But I think that yeah. as I think about, you know, some live event shows that I've heard and, and hearing that buzz in the background while you're doing interviews, it kind of I think it adds a little bit to it. So I'm just going to roll with it. But the the Kansas City Convention was the first time I managed podcast row and that was kind of my responsibility in my first year there um and we we had about five shows i think in baltimore before the pandemic five to seven shows around in that area and i thought it was the coolest thing i mean i was like oh this could be when i when i first heard about it um i was like this could be like what the super bowl does i mean there's enough people that come to the convention um that i think this could grow with the right partners right sponsors the right people helping me raise the awareness around it and who better than podcasts and media personalities that helped me grow an event um mm -hmm. it's it's gone from you know that seven to five to seven shows to then kansas city was 21 shows um and then philadelphia was about 27 and that dropped down to 25 because some people had some you know things happen whatever it always happens last second and then this year we actually have I think over 40 that applied um, wow. or more than four. We had 40, we had 30 that we accepted and then 10 were like kind of on a wait list situation. Some of those fell off, but then some other people decided they couldn't come. So the wait list, you know, they get into that thing and they get, you know, they, they get into the lineup and they get excited about that. Um, but it, it'll be, you know, two, you know, people per show. Some have three um, for 30 shows. And um, then we also have, you know, some exciting larger media networks. I know you mentioned you know, the importance of having independent media and um, small to medium to large. That's that's always been the key focus of mine with this event is that this doesn't become a Fox Sports, CBS, um, you know, only them coming. And, you know, I, I love having those networks interact with like shows like you and Women Kick Balls and um, with Jonathan Ward and all these people that have great shows, they're just not on the scale and they're not on a massive media, you know, TV right. network, but there's right. still hundreds, if not thousands of people um, enjoying your guys' stuff. And it's just great to see shows like that interacting with an Alexi Lawless, uh, with, you know, Rob Stones, with, you know, all these different big people you see hosting World Cup games. You just see soccer people interacting with each other. And that's my favorite part about uh, podcast row and now media row it's just that ability to create situations that probably never would have happened unless you know we've brought those people together there yeah yeah it does say something about that right where you'll have your you know whether it's alexi lalos your dean linkies of the world uh just to name a few and then they're right there right next to them are other right separate independent podcasters right or what have you that's pretty awesome that's pretty awesome to yeah, see that it's they're cool. like all they're all in the thick of it right amongst each other which is pretty awesome um, well, unfortunately, we do know of one podcast that wanted to be in attendance, but uh, yes, 
is unavailable <laughs> is a restricted free agent i guess right um so uh yeah definitely have really loved um your your support of you know of the 50 50 podcast and i promise you we're going to make it <laughs> make it a point to be there one day i promise you for sure so, hey hey chicago a little bit easier for you right where are you at again i'm in san antonio that's right so, okay yeah, so, I'm in san antonio, eh, so same well, time zone right same time zone yeah same time zone and i think it's just always a little bit easier to, to get to the midwest and the west coast and um, you know hopefully you can make it to chicago but yeah we got to get you on on meteor row for chicago for sure that'd be awesome i love that so you talked about, tell us a little bit more, right? You gave us a great quote on some of the things that have you particularly excited about this year. So it's a little bit of, hey, give us, let us peek a little bit behind the curtain, but obviously not reveal yeah. everything in terms of the convention. But tell us a, about a few of those things that have you excited about this particular, I know you you alluded to some of it, but yeah. um, some of the yeah, things yeah. That maybe have you excited about this year? So this is kind of like the indoor game. I know I mentioned it in my quote, but I don't really know. I can't picture my brain exactly what it's going to be like. All I know is there's going to be thousands of people standing around a field and it's going to be nuts uh, with yeah. these you know, these teams going at each other, um, especially, you know, after the exhibit hall has been open and everyone's having a good time. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun to see for the first time. Uh, we've done some stuff, obviously, with the indoor leagues at the convention center or at the stadiums and so, stuff. But so that's this gonna is be like fun. This is like full-fledged indoor league play going on. Is that what it is? So it there, I don't believe it's it's league play. It's it's no, okay. it's like a cup. It's like a cup game. You know, it it's gonna be it'll be fun. Um, I probably should have read up a little bit more on exactly what the stipulations of the competition are, but I'm just excited to see some guys go at each yeah. other <laughs> inside that convention center with all those coaches right there. I'm sure the environment's gonna be fun. Uh, but obviously, you know, uh, the the two media panels have been something that I've been working on a ton in the background. Um, and that's with Fox sports uh, and CBS Glasgow network. And I'm most excited, you know, CBS has never come before the Glasgow network shows never come before, but they're going to be able to really just build more excitement around me. They're going to be able to do these panels and we have some, you know, big time people come into those like Carly mm -hmm. Lloyd, um and i'll give you a little a little sneak peek here that nobody knows about yet but landon donovan is going to be announced tomorrow that he's going to be on that, that panel discussion so that'll be that'll be fun that'll be fun 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 so um they're going to be re they're going to be getting us ready for the euro and the copa america and you know what better way to kind of kick off the year and just get super pumped about you know everything soccer going on this year and then uh, cbs is going to be going over uh I can't remember the session title off the top of my head. Sorry, but they're they're coming in with a great um, lineup of people, and then uh, Sean is actually from Soccer Chat is going to be the guest moderator. So I, hopefully, uh, you know, Sean uh, doesn't you know actually do the stanky leg and you know do the worm and all. Like, no, he can do it. I hope he doesn't. I hope he goes crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah it's like the more you keep telling him not to, the more you know. That's probably the first thing he's going to go for. I know. I know. Right. So, no, that's exactly. That's great. That's great. I think. Uh, can't think of a better moderator i think for something like that i think i know sean will do great so um oh, yeah that's awesome you know bringing in you know cbs Galasso, and they're doing great stuff over there as well um so yeah i saw that as well and i was like that's that's pretty awesome stuff uh the the buzz you know i know that was the, this is their first time going and then of course as as brandon mentioned uh you heard it here first right we'll be going public tomorrow landon donovan will be yes. in attendance uh, at this year's at the 2024 United Soccer Coaches Convention, um, so we start segueing here. Brandon, tell us a little bit. So, 
going into this year, you have two years under your belt this year from what you can share. What is maybe the biggest change? It be, I don't know. Is it maybe, maybe it's the media road from the podcast road to media, or is there something else that maybe is bigger in terms of a shift? Yeah, I would say the biggest shift for the convention right now in my eyes is our association booth. I mean, last year we did it for the first time, which I thought was kind of crazy. Like, Hey, it's our convention. Why don't we have our own booth? And <laughs> Angie felt the same way. And we're sitting there looking at her like, this could be huge for us. Like we could really do a lot of cross market. Like, so we started just brainstorming on how can we expand this out? Um, we, you know, we debriefed kind of what Philly, what went well, went, what uh, we could improve upon and what we want to do with that booth and how big it is and the people we have visiting and the artists and the activations on um, the free giveaways, like it, the marketplace, you know, we had a ton of feedback on, you know, wanting to buy jerseys and, you know, have custom gear and things like this. So we've, we've taken that feedback and we've listened to it, you know, and, and, and implemented it. And I think that just, you're not going to be able to miss it. When you walk into the exhibit hall, it's going to be a big structure. We're going to have a ton of really cool stuff going on in there. Um, and we'll have people there to interact with anybody who has questions about anything, but we'll be directing you to where all the fun stuff is, um, as well as, you know, being able to kind of outline, you know, different resources and things that you can, you can expect to see at the convention as well as throughout the year. So, um, you know, I think that you mentioned it, you know, it's like, Hey, once this convention ends, that's on to the next thing. Um, cause we have CoachCon coming up in San Jose. So that'll be another thing, um, that we'll be talking to membership about as our brand new marquee event that is, uh. It's not our marquee event, but it's our marquee summer event. Um, at, we do a smaller little event in the summers now. Uh, it'll be in the West Coast again. So um, just trying to create more opportunities for coaches that can't make it to Philly, can't make it to the East Coast. Um, so that'll be that'll be another fun thing that we'll be kind of unveiling and, and showing everybody what's coming up for that as well. Yeah, I saw that, you know, the initial, the inaugural Coach Con, right, this past summer in, in Las Vegas. and. Yeah. I was trying to explain it to a couple of other coaches and I was like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't quite know how to explain it. Right. I haven't experienced it myself. Right. But yep. it's, it's, it's different from your traditional uh, United soccer coaches convention, but I didn't know if it was just significantly smaller scale or what, but I found myself trying to explain it and not having experienced it yet. I, it was, it was a little tricky. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, anytime you do a first year event, you, you kind of go into it and you have an idea what you think it's going to be, but um, you know, once again, it's it's a brand new event, new branding that we had to we came up with. We work with soccer.com obviously to put on that event and it, it was super successful um for doing it in the first year, but what we're gonna we're bringing it back, you know, for, for San Jose. We we know that there's things that you know presenters that I've heard and um it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. But the difference in and to just to kind of help you out is this past year was just two different education pathways. So um, we had about 300 attendees um, and they came and they could pick between two different tracks. One was more technical, one was more managerial. Um, and if you were and if you were a coach, um, not as a soccer coach, the whole curriculum would have been relevant. It's it, it really would have worked for anybody who's looking to become a better leader on the on the managerial side. So we we're trying to obviously kind of offer just some new testing out new things, new, new topics, new curriculums, new presenters, um, and being able to do it like on a smaller scale like that helps out because it helps us with our bigger event, but, uh, it just, the price points and everything too, it's all built to be a little bit easier for people to get to. It's a three day event instead of a five day event on um, the price points is a little bit easier to, to get in on. So, um, it, it'll be really exciting to, to unveil that, that full presenter list after the convention. Cause, 
um, we haven't been thinking about it, but it, it's on the back burner. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great stuff. Yeah. Thanks for that. That definitely, that definitely helped. <laughs> the, would you say next five years, what is the direction of the convention? The direction of the convention, I kind of highlighted a little bit. It's, it's really trying to, to leverage the full scope of soccer culture um, and, and igniting that passion and, and young people to, to want to be in the game, stay in the game, coach in the game, um, make a, make a career out of, out of being in this game. So when I look at, you know, the next five years and, and how we can continue to, to evolve the convention, it's talking to our executive team. We want to continue to, to bring in the top people from around the world, um, to, to come and present to our members. Um, and with the world cup coming here, uh 2026 and everything else that's going on soccer wise in the country all eyes are on us all eyes are on how these leagues can come in and work with us to not only help you know gain their exposure around the world but how can they get in and work with us to to profit on you know the world cup coming here um but how can we you know as as a nonprofit coaches association how can we take a step back not worrying about money 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 and how can we take everybody's ideas and initiatives and work together and kind of be that middle, that middle person that can help just advance and push the game forward. Um, I think there's been a little bit too much of people, you know, thinking, Hey, I know all the answers and this organization wants to do all this and all that. And we're segregated and have these leagues and levels. And it's so complex where I love that where I work, we just sit here and we go, hey, how can we help you? Hey, how can we connect you with that person? Hey, what can we do just to make you a better coach or make your company more involved so that in turn, we work together, make money and help coaches? So um, it's more of that. It's more working with the right people, finding the right coaches, finding, you know, getting our stuff out in front of members who, like you said, may not have any idea who we are. And if we're not looking at, you know, growing our media and storytelling and everything that we're doing to try to inspire those coaches, we're going to really struggle to continue to stay relevant. So it's, it's a huge effort on our part to build content, build storytelling, tell our story so that people know about us, come to the convention, see it with their eyes. And then there's no going back in my eyes. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's probably been my, my greatest endorsement of United soccer coaches has been that, you know, in terms of our our sport culture, particularly in this country, right, in a world of organizations that are very much ex- exclusive and very much filled with gatekeepers, United Soccer Coaches, I've had that direct personal experience on multiple, you know, multiple occasions that it's very much, it's it's inclusive and it's, it's collaborative, you know, it's a collaboration, it's collaborative driven. So, and I just, yep. I cannot, yeah, I cannot give the organization enough kudos on that front. So, Definitely. Agree I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know that everyone will hear, everyone will love to hear that. You know, we pride ourselves on, on being the home of all coaches. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think that if, if you're looking to find other people to network with, and I'm sure you would endorse this as well, um, is getting involved with the coaches communities. Um, Mike Adama is our coaches community re- relations manager. Um, Sean is, you know, um, is part of that black soccer coaches group. Um, we have a ton of amazing people that are part of those communities um, that are there looking to just help other people mm-hmm. and connect with other people and, and build connections. And um, that that's always been my favorite part about the game of soccer is just the community, the, you know, the willingness of other people to want to help each other out and just better each other and support each other. So if you're looking for that, if you're looking for someone, you know, even just a friend or mentor, like those are the places to go to and, and, and get that help. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I can tell you one of the things that I personally loved was the launch this past year of um, that the veterans group as well. Oh yeah, as, as a retired you know retired military veteran myself, that was just so spot on, so much, so very much needed. Obviously, still a ways to go, but uh, absolutely. Great it's a great start for sure. So as we start to segue here, Brandon, tell us, give us a little bit more. So key dates, upcoming convention, where can people get more information on not only the convention, but United Soccer Coaches as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, feel free to, I always answer my DMs on on Twitter and um, I try on Instagram and stuff, but Twitter's normally where I'm at. So if you have any specific questions, just at BK Milburn. Um, so feel free to reach out. But um, if you're looking to see the um, the presenters, um, just go to unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Um, we have a app on the Apple and Google Play Store. Download that, create an account. You'll be able to see the full calendar of different things that are going on um, from early, early morning to late at night. Um, and I, I, if I really want to iterate that, if people come and they see the exhibit hall, they see the education sessions. They, I check out some of the award stuff. Go, go look at that. Here the the we have some great speakers that are gonna be doing stuff, have some great award winners. Um, and you know, it's an extra ticket that you have to buy. Um, but if you can if you can swing by, if you can swing it, definitely do it because you're gonna go into the new year with with some inspiration um and feeling really good about you know being involved in the game. Great stuff. Awesome. And did you say those dates again? Uh yes, dates? sorry, I did not say them. We got January 10th through 14th, so um it's uh a week from today um on the dot so we'll be getting kicked off and putting on 150 different education sessions and having over 200 businesses come in and um throwing a bunch of cool soccer parties for everybody so i am bummed out hector that you cannot come i think we got to figure out a way to uh can you just call in sick or something or what like what's what's going on yeah, I think I have about uh, I have about twenty young ladies that probably wouldn't appreciate that right? <laughs> <laughs> that I answer to, right? So, uh, yeah, no, um, but yeah, That's no, definitely, yeah. definitely a little bummed out that I can't uh, that I can't be there, that we can't be there, take the podcast there. But like I said, it's I think I'm a firm believer in great things come to people who wait, right? So, absolutely. Uh, the now I did have a question for you before we before we segue here to our next segment is. Has there been a running count of atten attendance numbers in the recent conventions? Because that seems to be the that's been the one figure that I've I don't know if I've ever really heard. Yeah, it's the uh, the all I can't. It's the secret, the secret oh, sauce. I can't. No, I'm joking. No, the, it's, I don't uh, know. I was like, that's what I was asking. No, no. I mean, I th you know, it's it 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 ranges from each city. Um, Philadelphia yeah. is our we we are a historically a very very heavy East Coast. Um, association we have a ton of members out there on the east coast yeah, ton of members yeah. in the midwest um and we've only done a, this is our third convention on the west coast so we did um santa clara in 94 la in 17 and then uh anaheim and we so we didn't do the last la because it got or last anaheim got canceled because of covid so we don't have a huge huge base out there so it has been a tremendous effort to gain new membership to then get them to the you obviously be come to the convention right, and right. it's we've we've seen that we've seen 40 percent of our convention attendees are our new our new members and mm -hmm. that's like what's exciting to me and i think that people get caught up in hey you know five thousand seven thousand ten thousand um i've i've seen the numbers range anywhere from five to ten mm -hmm. um depending on the city but i'm excited about the 
you know, thousand plus new members, you know, we're approaching maybe 2000 people coming for the first time to experience this thing. Um, that's, that's what I'm excited about. Um, obviously it'll be big. There'll be a bunch of people there. It's going to be buzzing, but, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, making that first impression and seeing those, those eyes of those first time attendees coming, um, and, and really interacting with them and just, and making the most out of every single person that's there. So, um, you know, to, to give you a kind of a rant, it's, it's, Anywhere from you know five thousand to ten thousand. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of coaches specifically coming to do stuff, it's it's more you know three to five. But um, you know we have a ton of brands, ton of businesses, ton of right. parents. Um, you know all these different coach assistant coaches coming to the awards banquet. So by the end of it, when you start getting everybody in there, it's it's packed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. The total the total attendance is what I'm interested in. Right, not necessarily just attend coaches attendees yeah. day because yeah because it's it's a lot of moving parts so awesome yeah so before covid it was it was it was crazy um mm -hmm. and we we still we still are seeing a ton of people coming in it's it's just kind of everything everything is rebounding for in-person experiences right. i think everyone's trying to bring that back and trying to get people comfortable being in those situations and um as we've gone through kansas city and that was that first one was tough um, getting back in person again and, and encouraging everyone to get there. But we, we pulled it off and then Philadelphia was that first one where we're outside of the city post COVID. It went great. Um, had a, had a great attendance there. And like I said, we always do in Philadelphia. Um, and then Anaheim will also be, you know, outstanding. Um, it's just a new market. It's our first time being in Anaheim. And, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think we've done a great job, obviously getting the people that come to our convention, but find those new people find those yeah. people yeah awesome great stuff so if, if you haven't signed up yet if you haven't registered make sure uh register grab one of your friends and get their anaheim upcoming very soon right a week from today so yes all right yes. so speaking yes. of friends speaking of friends let's tell you about our good friends at gipper so gipper's a way that schools athletic departments ad's and coaches create world-class marketing content join over three thousand coaches ad's and programs that use gipper to create high high quality visual branded graphics for your program the best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. If you do have significant design experience, you are what they call the power user. Gipper is specifically designed for the power user as well. And just for being a 50-50 podcast listener, supporter, you can save money on any first-time Gipper purchase. You can save 10% off on any first-time Gipper purchase by visiting gipper.com slash partner slash 5050. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more and our other good friends at global scarves big fans of theirs they obviously they're in the middle just launching a second year with them where they're working on our new scarf global scarves is the top provider of custom knitted scarves beanies and other fan merchandise in the united states all merch is fully custom with free design services and free shipping on all orders you can contact them at info at globalscarves.com to get any free designs or quotes built out for your school, club, or maybe you have a supporters group as well. Again, that is info at globalscarves.com. Mention the podcast or use the code hashtag 5050pod. Brandon, all right. It is the moment of truth, man. Counterattack segment. We go from segment one to segment two. Now we get to get to pick on you a little bit, ask you some random off-the-wall questions. So now, all of these questions, in your case, you uh, any soccer-related, you can use, you can answer as a player, or don't know if you ever dove into the coaching, the coaching world into the dark side, but you can answer on either front. All right. All, all right. right. So, <clears throat> first one, cats or dogs? Oh, uh, cats. I've, 
grew up with dogs, but recently, I don't know if he's still sitting. No, he left. I've I got a cat named Fitzgerald, and uh, he's my best buddy right now. But I've had dogs, boxers, um, particularly my whole life. So I, I love both. Grew up around animals, yeah. but yeah, loving You're cats lately. You were a boxer guy. Yeah, we love boxers. My my grandpa had one. My dad had two. My sister has one. We all just have boxers. So yeah, that's what we have right. That's what I've had. Oh, nice. For- probably the last almost 20 years so oh man they're the best dogs they're a little crazy the first two or three years but once they mellow out they're the best dogs ever it it is like really it is like having another human in the house their personality (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah for sure um all right day person or night owl day person i used to be a night owl i think i'm, I'm old now so i think i, I like to turn in you, early and get up early yeah. and, and go <laughs> you think you're old i'd hate to i'd hate to hear what you think of me man all right no, no. So, all right so day person all right next one lake or ocean i like the lake i really do um right. i don't i don't hit the ocean but i like uh, i think the lake just makes me feel a little bit less uh like i'm gonna get sucked out into the <laughs> ether of the world and die yeah. the ocean kind of scares me a little bit but i go into it don't yeah I, i'm gonna be i'm gonna yeah. go on into it yeah i'm surprised how many people are not afraid of the ocean you know they just <laughs> oh you know gosh. i think i think they hear ocean and they think beach right but i hear ocean yeah. and i I think all of the ocean, right? And I just, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We could probably turn that into a podcast in itself. (laughs) All right. So, VAR, (laughs) yes or no? No, I don't like it. Oh, no, no, no. I don't like it from a coaching or player perspective. Um, I think maybe, like, I think maybe I shouldn't judge it because I haven't been a player or coach that had something VAR, but as a fan, I do not like it. I think it just slows things down. I hate seeing the players celebrate and then realize, oh, wait, wait a second. Let me not celebrate. And then all of a sudden they're celebrating again. I'm just come on. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> let's man- just get the call right. Come on. The manufactured <laughs> celebration. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think you might be our first. When I've asked that question, you might be our first hard no um, on the yeah. show. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll, like like, maybe I'll change my mind after a while. But right now. I don't like it. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Book you are currently reading or recently read. Oh man. What was a recent book? I I'm going to give you one. That's not like weird. I've been reading this men and blazers, uh, top 100 players book. I can't remember what the exact title is, but mm. I've just been going through like those, like some of the people they have in there. I'm really surprised, but it's like, it's cool to read the stories like Kyle Beckerman is one of the hundred people they included in that, um, in that collection. It's like the hundred soccer gods or something like that. And I, when I saw that, I was like, Kyle Beckerman. And then the page before that, you know, it's like, I can't remember. It was like something crazy. Like Maradona was on the page before or something. I was like, what is going on? But then I started reading more about Kyle Beckerman and reading more about, you know, I'm like, Oh, like that's like, it's, they did the book in a really cool way where it kind of highlights why each of these individuals, you know, did something special. And then um, April Heinrichs is one of our hall, um, hall of fame members. that's going in this year. She was in it. So it's cool to see her. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's a book I've been reading. I've been really enjoying that one. Um, yeah. I love reading though. I love reading. Right. Awesome. So yeah, Kyle Becker. Yeah. The story behind him is pretty, you know, the stories, the stories are pretty fascinating. So yeah, I just, um, I just know him because I screamed at him from, I was at Arrowhead stadium when I was a kid and I was just yelling at him and, you know, just screaming at him because he was on real salt Lake and I'm, you know, I was right, Kansas city right. wizards kid. I, I, we did not like, did not yeah. like them. So when I saw that, I w- I actually yelled, I scared yeah. my wife. 
So I was like, what is this guy? <laughs> but I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with yeah. it. I'm very Thanks. familiar with Kyle Beckerman as a former uh, Colorado Rapids season ticket holder. Yeah, I'm very familiar <laughs> with him. Very familiar. I love that guy. I, I love him. I love, uh, you know, he, just the guy you want on your team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, next one. So I'll expand this one. Normally I ask it from the, strictly the coach perspective as a professional coach, but maybe professional coach, professional media person, someone who you pattern yourself, your career after. Maybe in the soccer world, right? Jimmy Conrad. Uh, mm, okay. He is somebody that I grew up watching as well. He was friends with the the guy that I mentioned earlier, Will John, that they played together with the Wizards. But he also played with Precky, who was my first uh, club coach. And yeah. before he went to Chivas USA. And seeing him and how, you know, I don't know if you watch the Pat McAfee show on ESPN and yeah. like some of the stuff that goes on. Jimmy Conrad was that 20 years like you know he was the ground floor of youtube um youtube invested in him with kick tv and he right. leveraged everything that he loved about the game um and just took that and ran with it and yeah. has just done some incredible things with fifa you know video games and being you know an mc and just being a personality and talking and doing podcasts like this but uh that's someone I look at. I'm like, okay, what is he doing? What is he reading? What is he thinking about? How is he going about his day-to-day -day life where he knew, okay, I'm going to put my time and effort into this YouTube game, but no one was giving any attention to it. He gets a big investment. All of a sudden, you know, he's Mr. Media. He's everywhere. Yeah. And now, yeah. you know, he's just doing world cup games and there's a ton of people that were as good as Jimmy Conrad. Um, but there's not a, a lot of Jimmy Conrad's that that guy is the full the full thing is he's amazing. He has the energy of like three people. I mean, he <laughs> just, I mean, like even now, I, like, I don't know how many are actually like still current, like still active, but I know he's, yeah. he's associated with like three different podcasts, right? Just, just yeah. that on top, you know, and I'm just on top of his, his, you know, his guest segments on, on Golazo and everything else. Um, you know, the work he did last summer, the women's world cup, right. With Fox. So a lot of, yep. just a lot of stuff. Um, great stuff. Um, all right, next one. Current music and podcast playlist. What's kind of what's in the rotation there? What are the go-to? Man, my music is it's it's everywhere. I use Spotify and I go on the Discover. I get a lot of new artists. I've been going down the uh, electronic route. Um, yeah, okay. I don't even know the the name of this guy. I'll look it up real quick. But all the podcasts I've been listening to are, are bad friends. Um, with Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee, mm -hmm. uh, two comedians, and then uh, the Kill Tony podcast. I love stand-up comedy. Yeah. Um, I love watching. I love watching live uh, comedy as well. So being able to see week to week, um, you know, new emerging um, comedians and established ones, and they kind of it's it's a little. I want to try to figure out a way to kind of make. I don't know if you ever seen that show, Kill Tony, but kind of take what they do there and kind of incorporate it into Media Row a little bit. But it, it gets the, you put the pressure on the people, and it's it's live, and you have to do it in front of everybody. And I just love that that live element of this. Yeah. So that's why I like your show too. It's it's yeah. great that you do the live. Yeah. It's it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> yeah. When I explain that to some of our guests that are coming on, it's like, wait a minute, it's live. It's live. It's like, yeah. Unfortunately, you got to comb your hair. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, next one. It's uh so this one you're about to start some sports wars here in the office okay so all right all right greatest and worst sports movie 
Oh my gosh. Uh the best? Uh let's go Mighty Ducks. I love the Mighty Ducks. Mighty um Ducks. the Mighty Ducks, Ducks, man. I yeah. love the Mighty Ducks. I just I'm just trying to be different now. <laughs> no, no, I I did grow up loving the Mighty Ducks. Now I consider it a sports movie. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it. Uh, the worst in Bombay fan. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh the worst, the worst, the worst. Man. I guess like Friday Night Lights, because I just think that it's kind of oh, cliche. Oh, no. I don't know. Cliche. Oh my god. We got to get you down here to Texas, man. Oh my god. <laughs> I said that yeah. just to piss everyone off on this podcast. <laughs> no, no. I can't even think of a bad sports movie. Uh, yeah. you know, but no, I'll say Friday Night Lights just to get people in the comments uh, cursing me out. There you go. Get some engagement on. Let's get some yeah. engagement. We should probably end this podcast effectively immediately, <laughs> right? So, all right. Yeah. Did not see that one coming, but okay. All right. Uh, all right. Next one. So, this one might start a war, too. All right. So, favorite and least favorite soccer team. Like, you might have you might have your teams within different leagues. I get it. That's how it goes with, yeah, with yeah, super yeah. fans, right? Super supporters. But the one over all others. And then the one so, that maybe you just despise over all others. I'm going to answer this, you know, very honestly. I grew up loving Barcelona and the way they play. Uh, Ronaldinho was a guy that made me fall in love with, like, the style of, you know, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to play. And then you had Xavi and Iniesta, and you had Messi and all those guys. Eto, just the way they played, I fell in love with that style of play and, and Barcelona. So I've always loved watching them. I can't wait to go see the, like their stadium and watch them in person at some point. But uh, mm -hmm. the worst team, honestly, and it makes no sense, I do not like Chelsea. Do not like Chelsea. And it's because there was a there's a kid I played with on one of my teams and he was a defender and we just went at it all the time and he wore a Chelsea jersey to practice every single week. So wow. I just have always just not liked Chelsea because a little of that. post sounds like a little a post traumatic stress there is what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah. sure. Exactly. Does Sean Sutherland know that? Because you know I I let him have an earful every time we talk about Chelsea. You know because I'm a Liverpool guy, so I always let okay. him hear. I always let him. Yeah, hear. I did not. I, I I kind of knew from just like just from Twitter and him tweeting during the games and stuff. But uh, yeah. I, I like if I was gonna go with the EPL team. I would I would roll with Liverpool, and the only reason why is because my grandma was born there, so I have oh, a little nice. bit of a little bit of a connection. So yeah. I try to I try to support there. I got to visit Liverpool as well a couple of years mm -hmm. ago, and um, that's a cool city. It's a, it's a yeah, it's it really fun. Have you been to the Anfield? Oh yeah, 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 and Oof. it's yeah. I mean, that's what that's the thing. I've never been. I'm gonna fall in love with. I'm gonna be like you asked me my favorite right. club. I haven't been to a European game in person yet. Uh, I've been to one in the states, like for the International Champions Cup, but it's not the same. I want to see, I want to be in immersed into Liverpool, and I guarantee you, I will never like another EPL team because that's that's yeah. what the Kansas City Chiefs. It's about that fan culture, mm -hmm. and that's what I see in Anfield. Is like it's gonna be loud, it's gonna be electric, and it's like the stadium just looks incredible. So I can't wait to check it out. All the guys yeah. I worked with the Challenger from Liverpool, so we would oh, go nice. out to bars after work and stuff and see the champions. They would lose their minds <laughs> in the middle of the day. At this random, you know, quiet bar where everyone's just doing their little happy hour and uh, late the Kansas, and then you have these guys just throwing beers and flipping tables, and you know, it's it's great. It's you gotta love it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you definitely gotta make it. Definitely gotta make it to Anfield. Um, it's just, I mean, especially if it's the right match, you know, a big, a super yeah. big match. Yeah, it's it's hard to beat. It's very much hard to beat. Um, and yeah, and I obviously have personal reasons why. 
how I became a Liverpool fan as well. Yeah. It's it's directly connected to to my past, obviously. So um, but yeah, just and then when you start to nice. learn more about the club, right? And and this is in most clubs, it's not just Liverpool, but when you start to learn a little bit more about the history, um, then yeah, exactly it, it can exactly. kind of hook you pretty easy. So so you All don't right, like nice. Manchester United either, right? No, 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 okay. no. That's the only thing that would have probably ended this podcast faster than you hate Friday Night Lights. So it was. Uh, <laughs> I don't even it. think I've seen it. I don't even think I've seen. It. <laughs> but I have hung out with Manchester United people quite a bit. So let's just yeah. move on from that. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> They're everywhere, man. You can't escape. Them. Exactly. All right. Next one. So going back to your playing days, any game day superstitions or rituals? Oof. I remember I got asked this question when I was I was playing a, a, a interview question and I I personally I have OCD so when I was in high school I didn't know I had this right. you know extra right. kind of thing that was making me very paranoid about stuff so by the time I got to college I had to cut out a lot of the ritual stuff like you know taping the arms and having a certain amount of wraps around each shin guard you know with tape and not stepping on the sideline it's like you get one and then you have a good yeah, game and then you have to, I, I i had to stop it <laughs> i was like it was like the thing with like a therapist i was like okay we gotta we gotta get this under control kind of thing so i uh yeah i kind of had to get away from that as i got um into the higher level too because you, you get nervous enough you know some people it helps them though with their nerves so it did yeah. not do that for me <laughs> yeah that's the whole ritual piece right i guess if it works for you but you know, back exactly. I used to have a teammate. I used to have a teammate that <clears throat> he would do the whole taping up thing, and and we the joke was that over the course of the season, he just kept adding tape. That by the end of the season, he was a mummy, right? And um, <laughs> so we were always joke with him, right? So and then after that, he started scaling it back. So which was fun. <laughs> hey, that's what your teammates are for. You know, exactly. like a little bit of flack so you don't embarrass yourself in the real world. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Next one, most recent binge watch, Netflix, Prime Video, what have you. Me and my wife have just discovered The Sopranos, and we're watching The Whoa. Sopranos right now. So we're like just yeah. getting into the second season of it. Uh, hit pause on it after work, came in, yeah. and we're doing it. No, we'll go back. I'm we'll go back and get back to Sopranos. I'm addicted. So that's yeah. been my escape from the soccer world is uh, the Sopranos. <laughs> so that's what you're doing right now. Right? As soon as we're done with, the, as soon as I shut up and we wrap up the podcast, that's what you're saying, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna check out some Sopranos, right. get to bed, and then get up and and start getting ready for the convention again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're, it is it is um, it is my all time favorite series. I feel that's that, awesome because I think you have to go back. You have to go back and research at when it came on, when it started, the day, right, the the time frame, you know, where we were in the world, and just how it kind of came of age. The whole, you know, without, with, I, I don't think you can really say spoiler alert this at yeah, this point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just James Gan James Gandolfini's role, right, as Tony Soprano, was the first time. I think that's what turned me on to, I guess you could say between, well, no, I wouldn't just say Tony Soprano, but I was always kind of intrigued by, by heels, you know, like the Ric yeah. Flair's of the world, different, right? Those heels, the villains, right? But he was the first that I felt where, where you found yourself kind of torn between, Hey, you know, you see the good and the bad in this guy and, yeah. uh, and you're kind yeah. of yeah. You find yourself rooting for for him in certain you know in so many aspects. Just phenomenal series that that Absolutely. and the that and the wire were kind of happening at the same time. And if you've seen the wire, 
just unbelievable series. And and people, That's... the younger generation now, they they don't necessarily get it, right? They get it's like this guys, you gotta have the con context, right? Of when this came all these some of these series that you guys think are legendary and before the breaking bads of the world, just to yeah. name a few Game of Thrones for some people, there was yeah. there was there were these, right? There were these. So just yeah, I, I had no idea. I mean, I was talking uh, to my stepdad the other night, and he was like, "Oh yeah, we threw a threw a whole house party, and we dressed up like the Sopranos, and yeah, it's my favorite show." And I'm like, yeah. "What? Like, I had no idea you even would watch something like that, you know?" And I, but I think that like what you're saying is that, you know, everyone can look at the show and relate their own life to it, and also see just like, okay, like everybody is human, like no matter what you're what you're mm -hmm. doing, you know, what if you're a mafia leader, if you're working as a coach, like there's going to be these like elements of like leadership and you can pull things even though it's the mafia you can learn from the mafia and then yeah. use it for the good right <laughs> yeah yeah because david that was the one thing that david chase did so i mean like so fabulous was this guy was the head of the jersey right the jersey mafia but yet at the same time the jersey mob whatever you want to call it but at the same time you saw that he would come home and he had all the same problems as any any other husband any other father right and you find yourself like oh he's dudes like me you know so so yep. it's pretty phenomenal pretty phenomenal stuff for sure all right uh would you say season two you're on season two yeah just starting kind of season two so like i said i you know i want to spoil a 20 years later <laughs> no, spoiler. i think it's a little i think we're safe yeah i don't i don't want to spoil it for you but yeah <laughs> no no yeah it's it's been great though i mean yeah we're, we're really enjoying it so that's been that's been the the binge watch yeah you know that series ended in 2007 i think it is Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, 2007 or 2008, I, I want to say seven, but I still hear people getting in arguments on whether, you know, whether what happened in that final episode. Right. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. heard some, I've, I know that there's some, some negativity around the end of it, but it's like, I said this to somebody on over Christmas. I was like, what show has ended and we're like all happy about it. <laughs> it's yeah, like, right, right. yeah, it's, it's yeah. going to be tough to end any, any show like that, that has that many good mm -hmm. seasons man it's tough to end i thought it was i thought it was a fabulous ending because it was like the eternal okay the eternal hook you know um okay so yeah so again i just think just david chase just genius at that so i'll let All you right, know when get, i finish yeah for sure for sure uh, a couple left here um so pandemic you know we've talked about the pandemic a little bit it's come up a few times what did you learn maybe the most about yourself during the pandemic I learned that you can impact people in a positive way through the game of soccer without having to step onto a soccer field. Um, mm. You know, having to being forced to educate kids um, on a soccer field, but not being able to be on a soccer field with them presented a bunch of complex problems. Um, I wish that we wouldn't have honestly, you know, had to have gone through those problems and try to find them. But like I said, it created skills for me um, that I was forced to learn. I think I edited like, 200 plus hours over a month period to just like get these these videos uh, turned around for our camp coaches to be able to get on zoom and deliver recorded you know training sessions and then pop in um between and say hey kids how's it going you know like they're out in the yard or in the living room with their parents like doing these different drills and stuff but understanding like oh this isn't like forever and this isn't the the solution and online learning is great um, but it's not the you know it's not the end all be all but this can 
make a huge impact on people. It's it allows people who would have never maybe got involved with the game or couldn't afford to get in the game, which is a huge problem in our country. Um, now they're listening to a quality, credible coach, and it's not coming. You know, no offense to someone who's just a parent out there. You know, trying to pull it together and make it happen. It's they can come to an online resource and, and work with people now and get quality information. Um, it's just about just making sure that you, you get that information to those people. And um, when I, over COVID and just seeing the digital landscape of soccer education, um, what really got me into it and got me really passionate about getting involved in it was just the amount of bad stuff that was out there that people are charging kids for telling them that they can become a professional soccer player and this yeah. and this and this easy thing. And this, but there's just, it's just not, it's not realistic. It's fake social media uh, perspectives and people that are lying that they played places and have this background. But then you look in their background playing career and they didn't play, but they're making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars off of selling online training programs. Um, that's when I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go ahead and get, you know, people like Will John, Jimmy Conrad, all these big time media people, um, you know, working to just create free educational content don't charge for the educational stuff but work with brands that want to sponsor it and pass those expenses off to other people outside of the game so mm -hmm. i think i just learned that there is a there's a lot of ways that you can you can grow a base you can grow a, a group of people that have a common initiative um, and you can quickly exponentially impact people's perspectives knowledge um and and meet people as well through social media that you never would have thought you would meet i mean it's it's just it's a different world and if you know how to leverage it for the good like we kind of talked about um yeah you're just gonna meet people at an exponential rate um it's it's really cool yeah well said just outstanding well said and we got our final question here so this you you can probably tie in half of what you just said to this one <laughs> so brandon milburn is appointed the soccer czar of soccer in america right mm. so what is the very first change you are making right item one item number one that you are making ch a change in soccer in america tomorrow what would it be mm, i'm gonna go with uh pushing for the 21st century program uh which is all about modernizing the american soccer system and not making it a half of a half of a year sport and replicating the rest of the world um and on their schedules and balancing out playing schedules and helping players not be depressed and get injured and expect so much out of them in the classroom and on the field. And, uh, it's, it's, I don't, I think it's, it's the same. It trickles down obviously from the top, you know, through the bottom and you have, I, I feel that players are playing a bit too much. Um, but I think if you, if you, if I was able to step in and, you know, we put a ton of effort and research and, and the facts are there that show it does not make sense, um, mentally or physically to, to have the season structure we have. So, um, uh, if I could come in and immediately, I, I, in my opinion, it should have been changed 40 years ago or whenever the first right. person is idea to do it. Um, but we are letting and, and choosing financial factors, um, that are very solvable in my eyes at the expense of people getting hurt, getting out of the game and people not just, you know, getting hurt like knees and, you know, putting too much stress, but like literally just mentally cannot handle everything that's being thrown at them. So yeah. it's not expected of anybody else. Why are we expecting that of our leagues and our, our players? And how does that, how's that impacting us on a, on a competitive level across the the globe? And I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. Def definitely agree. Definitely agree. 
Well said. Wow. Well, that's it, man. That's we went through. You, su you survived counterattack. Uh, Woo! We I love covered, it. We covered a lot there. So great I got to get you on a get you on a couple of uh, our podcasts. Not only just United you know, Soccer Coaches, but uh, yeah. I actually do a couple other podcasts with my buddy still, and uh, mm -hmm. I like to connect you with some of the other peeps in in the in the media row as well, so you can do maybe some remote interviews and stuff uh, yeah. to be in be involved. So yeah, but yeah, thank you for having me on, man. This is a hell of a production you have going on yeah. here. I appreciate it. No, thank you. And coming from you, I definitely appreciate it because I know, I know you know what to look for. I know you're you're well experienced, well versed in this world. So, thank you. Uh, really appreciate it. But, you know, the all the thanks goes to you for you know it's you know you're you're really about to enter your the peak of your season, if you will, right? So we appreciate you making the time to be here. Thank Absolutely. You. I know. <clears throat> feels like this conversation has been going in two directions one to get you on here on the podcast and for to get me there at uh, podcast what is now media row <laughs> so and, and i appreciate that and i really we really the podcast team we really appreciate your support of the podcast as well so thank you for that um Absolutely. so as is as is customary uh brandon what we usually do when we wrap up when we have a guest we wrap up in stoppage time with our kind of final thoughts so any shout outs thank yous Anything you want to cover as it relates to the game, what's on your mind, anything, any message you want to throw out there, the floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to, you know, I mentioned it in my, in my post, but Rob Herringer, um, he's, he's gone into his first convention as the DOC. Um, he's been asked a lot has been asked of him as he's taken over that role um, in October, I think is when he started. So it's fresh. He's coming right into it. He's obviously done session at the convention. He's a super, super successful college coach. Um, at a Benedictine, which is you know a school out of here in Kansas, if you don't know, um, but he just uh, encompasses what our association is about. The focuses that that I went over with our education um, and that pure, genuine spirit of trying to help coaches where they're at, um, mm -hmm. to help them be happy, help them um, feel like they have a future in this game that they can lean on us, lean on him, and. Uh, I just appreciate what he's done, the pressure he's taken on coming in and, um, you know, being the new person and bringing your ideas is never an easy thing. So um, big shout out to him um, and, and Dave Simeon as well for everything he's put into the the session, but um, and Angie and Erica for everything that goes on the event side. So big shout out to all those people that are instrumental in the convention going on. Awesome. Great stuff. And yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely agree with that as well. And uh, to you don't forget to include yourself in that as well i yeah, so appreciate it this entire your entire team right all of you um it's very much a big undertaking so wishing you the absolute best over the course of the next really what week and a half two weeks right so yep. uh, best of yep. luck there Thank and you, uh so uh my final thoughts here in stoppage time really um don't really want to dive in too deep other than you know it's our this is episode 103 here our very first podcast of 2024 uh, grateful to have Brandon on here and Let's go. Wish, yeah, absolutely. Just want to wish everybody, uh, hope everybody had a safe, happy and safe holidays, a happy new year. Let's get, let's get, uh, 2024 started off on the right foot. We are here. We are, we're just fully entering, getting up and going to full speed in terms of Texas high school soccer, uh, here on the UIL side. So wishing all coaches, all right, coaches, teams, right. Student athletes, communities right players admin or not players parents administrators everybody right wishing you all the absolute best this season in the 2023 2024 season 
And uh, that's going to do it for us. So for Brandon Milburn, the Director of Strate Strategic Growth for United Soccer Coaches, I'm your host, Coach Hector Cano. And you know what to do. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.